0: Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Igniting Hearts. I'm usually joined by my awesome wife, Tara Dietrich, but today I am joined by a new friend and amazing colleague and partner in the labor of the gospel here, Paul Johnson, Pastor Paul Johnson. He is the senior leader of Our Father's House in Avon, Indiana, which is just outside of Indianapolis. And uh, I, I learned of Paul through his brother, actually, Jeremiah Johnson. And Jeremiah was just sharing with me about Paul's story of how he planted Our Father's House and how the Lord led him in that, him and his wife in that. And I was so inspired. I said, I've got to reach out to this man of God and hear his story, hear his heart, because we're in a season, friends, where God is doing something new. And in the prophetic stream, we hear that a lot, right? And so, you know, there's a new season, it's a new time, it's a new era, even many people are saying it's a new era, and I believe all of that. But I believe we're in a season of Mark chapter 2, and I'm going to read this here as we begin. Mark chapter 2, 21-22, it says this, No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the new piece will pull away from the old, and a Worst tear will result. And no one pours new wine into old wine skins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. Instead, new wine is poured into new wineskins. And as oh. I heard of Paul's story and as I spoke with him on the phone, even probably about six weeks ago, I really believe, Pastor Paul, that what you're doing and what the Lord has led you in is a part of the new that God is pouring out in the earth. And we're in a leader shift we're in a shift of church culture, we're getting back to real, raw, and organic. One of my favorite things to talk about, and one of the things I actually struggle to talk about, and I'll tell you why, is revival. I love revival. I believe in revival. I believe that we're in a season of revival. But unfortunately, what we call revival was normal Christianity in Acts chapter 2. And so we're in a season where God wants to take us beyond Acts chapter 2. He wants to take us beyond Pentecost. He wants to bring us into the Greater things, but in a sense, we've got to get back. To Acts chapter 2. We've got to get back to verses 42 to 47 where they met daily, they broke bread, they had everything in common, and the Lord worked signs and wonders and miracles in their midst out of the context of a covenant community of faith that was the real deal and living the power of the gospel birthed out of the Holy Spirit. So we're in a season of new wine being poured into new wineskins, and Pastor Paul, I'm so honored that you would take the time to share with us today. Yeah. Benjamin, thank you so much for having me on. It's it's an honor to talk with you and
1: man, you get my spirit stirred up already just sharing. It's so good. I could not agree more uh, with you about just the season that we're in and what God is doing in the church. I look forward to sharing a little bit of our story. Um, you know, We planted our father's house in 2018 mm-hmm. and um, not your typical church plant from the sense that we really had a strong desire to win souls, Um, take the gospel places it had never been, um, not really wanting to market or advertise or, uh, hey, if you're a Christian, come to our church. It's like, well, we we want to build and train and equip people in a way that they feel comfortable in leading people to the Lord. You know, for the longest time, I've had this burning conviction on my heart that we've actually outsourced our responsibility to do the work of an evangelist. And we've expected pastors and leaders, you know, we We've actually quite literally, I think some people believe that evangelism is inviting someone to your church. And that's right. not evangelism. That's just an invitation for fellowship because really a church is it's for God right. and we've turned it and it's become for the guest or for the customer and things are so watered down and lukewarm because we expect the church, uh, the function of the church, if you will, a professional sense to do the job of evangelism that God has called all of us to do and to make okay. disciples. So um, our model was to equip people, train people and really emphasize the harvest. And so for us, Us, There was a word that came uh, to me where the Lord said that there was a bumper crop of souls. Now, um, I'm a city boy. I don't have much farming experience. I think I heard a bumper crop in a country song one time and actually had to look it up. I'm like, okay, what is this? Mm I look into it and a bumper crop is a super abundance of the crop of whatever is planted where there's an exponential growth that happens. But then as I keep reading and researching, the spirit of the Lord came on me so strongly when I read that a bumper crop is an incredible blessing unless you're not prepared for it. Wow. problematic it actually is for farmers if they don't have anywhere or anything to do with what's coming. And so I began to feel the sense of urgency, like we need to prepare silos. We need to get ready for the harvest. We need to build our father's house in a way that actually makes room for growth and uh, not just an increase in influence, but real transformation happening in a discipleship context, you know, around dinner tables and in homes and life on life uh, that I think that really needs to be restored in this hour. You know, we've we've uh, leaned so hard towards a professional model that, quite honestly, is not really working. Um, You know, even if you look, it's it's sad, but it's like denominations or denominationalism is rapidly on the decline. But I believe it's because God is restoring family to the church, and you know, people that are lost, like the Psalm says, that God puts the lonely in families, and so we wanted to be a family, but Hey, in a family, there's responsibilities, there's expectations. This isn't a a, a country club, you know, that God has requirements of us and their standards of righteousness and holiness. And, and, and aren't you so glad that God brought you in, that he pulled you out, that he has uh, brought you here. Now, don't you want to share that and and really just reciprocate that and, and um, get that going. And so our journey was, um, and still continues to be, you know, that was 2018. So it's um, five years later, almost June 9th would be the church's anniversary or birthday, whatever you say. Uh, But we throw a party every June 9th and give thanks to the Lord and just always stand in remembrance of what God has done. But, um, you know, it it was really awesome to see, you know, I remember this meeting in in 2020 that really touched my heart when I looked out at, at people worshiping and I started to see like, this person came and then her sister came right. and then her sister's brother came and then her sister's brother brought his mom and dad who then, who then, and just the, the soul winning and the sharing that was happening. And, you know, I, for me personally, uh, I felt like the Lord commissioned me years ago to preach the gospel to the lost and preach the Holy spirit to the saved. Wow. So here in Indiana, A lot of times what we end up doing, you know, people, they've heard of Jesus, but it's like they they don't really know what it means to be born again and to be in the kingdom of God, that this is a life-giving, exciting, full of passion and zeal existence. And you're just trying to get by and do the minimum. And God sent me here to break you out of the status quo, to get you off the hamster wheel of religion and really bring you into his kingdom of fire and glory and his love and, and root you and ground you in him. You can tell I'm getting excited, man. It's just, yes, I love it Keep to going. see people come to life, you know, and, and I think, man, here was one conviction, Benjamin, that, that really, um, you know, I didn't quite have language for it back then, but I do now. I realize that religion is a greater stronghold than any addiction. Wow. And that really made us want to, hey, let, let's go get the addicts. Let's go share with people that are struggling. Let's let's really reach people that are broken and, and in desperation. Cause it's like, you know, nothing is more beautiful than seeing people that you know just a few months ago or years ago were uh doing drugs, having affairs totally broken, and they're weeping before the Lord and worship, or they're they're getting gripped by the power of God's word and they're changing the way they treat their family or their spouses or their children and real transformation is happening that you can't manipulate people into that sort of uh, dependency and obedience and uh, you can't you can't scare them into it God the fear of the Lord really grabs a hold of their heart and they do a 180 you know one of the things we we always encourage people with here at our father's house is like you know we get the question a lot because of new believers and such Is like well how do I know I'm born again. I was like, "We'll make this real simple. You know, you're born again when you love things you used to hate and hate things you used to love.
0: So good. (laughs) And that new
1: desire and that new, when you feel like I'm starting not to recognize myself, like that's Christ in you, the hope of glory that you've been buried with him and you're raised to new life. And God really can give you a new heart, a new mind, new desires. He can make you completely new. And so to the point where your old friends don't even recognize you. They they can't even hardly fathom what has happened to you. And then your new family hears some of your stories and is like, You did that. You acted like I can't even imagine you acting or or thinking that way because you're so kind, so loving, so full of the fruit of the spirit. So um, our desire was really to win souls, to lead people to Christ, to share them. Hey, go share with your friends, go bring them in. And 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 really, um, I think how we saw a lot of success was not the Sunday morning meeting. Uh, We always want to keep that for God. We, We believe that that's a that's a gathering for believers. You know, when Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 14, he talks about prophecy and he says, when an unbeliever enters your meeting, it says he's laid bare, right? Well, the the context there is an unbelievers entering your gathering because this is for God and they meet the power of God. And unfortunately, I think we've made an unfortunate trade where like in Acts 2, which you referenced, where they're calling out at the preaching of the gospel to Peter, they're pierced to the heart, feeling conviction. Mm -hmm. What do we have to do? to be saved yes. and the reverse has happened where we've gone out into the world and said what do we have to do to get you saved and mm-hmm. so we will do a PR job on God we will try to cover up aspects or characteristics or stories of the gospels or or the scriptures that make us uncomfortable because yeah. everybody loves loves love and grace and, mm-hmm. and uh, mercy but righteousness holiness and ultimately it's the truth that sets us free so yeah. we need the full counsel of God to really lay a healthy foundation in people's lives, bring stability to their faith, and that's going to produce longevity where they're going to be following God 10, 20, 30 years until they meet the Lord or He He returns. So right. um, those were huge points of emphasis where we really didn't see it on, let's say, a Sunday morning. Of course, God was doing amazing things, but that wasn't the goal or the emphasis. We didn't say, hey, now this is discipleship time. We use that almost like a locker room. Like, Hey, we're going to gather together. We're going to huddle up. We're going to get fired up for God. We're going to come together with a joint vision and into agreement with what the spirit of God is doing in the earth. We're going to partner with him. And then we're going to go make a difference out there because that's what God really wants. So that was our
0: emphasis. I love it. Wow. You know, I'm stirring you up. You're stirring me up. That's that's the Lord. I just love it, man. And and I really so resonate with so much of what you're saying. I believe we are in a season in the earth, actually, of a bumper crop. And yes. all we have to do is go. Like the people I've shared Jesus with in the last several months, the last six months, it's like it's so easy to lead people to the Lord right now. There's such a desperation in the earth, my friend, Jody Hughes, you might know Ben and Jody, dear friends of ours here in in Maricopa, part of our community here. Jody says this. She says the harvest isn't just ripe. It's desperate. It's desperate. But I think we've got a few things going on. And, man, I can't wait to delve more into this with you. Jesus yeah. said, pray the Lord of the harvest. To send laborers into the field for the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And we normally think of that as a numeric thing. The workers are few numerically. And I do think we have an issue where uh, people are more focused on cultural Christianity than biblical Christianity. They're uncomfortable with evangelism. They're uncomfortable sharing their faith. They're more comfortable in the religious norms. So I think we do have a numeric issue. But actually, the word in the Greek, what that means there is it means slight, puny, Or actually weak. That's what the word few means. So the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are slight, puny, and weak. And so we've got this kind of duality where there's this bumper crop, as the Holy Spirit spoke to you, of souls that are coming in, but we've got many things that stand in our way. You reference the spirit of religion. I find it interesting that even in this passage we started with in Mark chapter 2, that the thing that comes after Jesus unpacking this revelation to the disciples is where they're walking through the fields of uh the fields and they're picking heads of grain, and the Pharisees come and they say, you know, that's unlawful to do on the Sabbath. And Jesus says, Listen, man wasn't made to serve the Sabbath or the religious norm, in other words, that that those things, the gathering, the Sabbath, was made to serve man. And so Jesus starts to unpack these these things of new wine, new wineskins, new structures, new systems. And something that always gets in the way of that is the spirit of religion. And I think that spirit of religion causes those of us that are called in the body, all of us, not just leaders, not just the fivefold, all of us are called to be harvesters, but we're slight, puny, and weak because we're stuck in religion rather than burning with the living flame of Holy Spirit. We were just in in September in New York City. My friend Ryan Delling, who's a person you you need to meet, I want to introduce you guys. Every year now, for the last several years, we're doing outreaches in New York City. I have a real history there. Uh, Ryan's one of my oldest and dearest friends. 2021, we were in Herald Square. So you look up left and you see the Empire State Building. You look right and there's the Macy's Building. That was 2021. 2022, we were right in the heart, right near the red steps in Times Square. And people were literally pulling our evangelism teams aside as we had 12 hours of worship prayer preaching the gospel testimony evangelism you know just hitting the streets in a major way right in the center of cultural you know our, our cultural center times square and we had people pulling our our evangelism teams aside saying how can we be saved and the thing that that hindered us you know sometimes you think oh, okay the occult's going to come against us or the lgbtq ideology or you know moral relativism you know atheism these things are going to come against us and we had a little bit of that you know of course But the main thing that came against us as we were there laboring in the streets for the cause of the gospel was the spirit of religion. It wasn't the lost. It wasn't the unsaved. It wasn't those that were confused about identity or gender or whatever. It was other Christians that were literally telling us we were playing devil music. We were preaching a devil gospel. We were you know under the influence of Satan, all these things. It was the spirit of religion that came against us that wants to try to keep the harvesters, the laborers slight, puny, and weak. So, Pastor Paul, in your pursuit of this, as the Lord ignited your heart and you went out into the streets, the highways, and the byways, the communities, how did the spirit of religion try to come against you and try to shut down uh, what you were wanting to pioneer in that region?
1: Well, yeah, we're we're in an active all-out war right now. I think so many people are that really are uh, daring to do it differently. Right. Um, you know, I associate religion or the religious spirit really with the status quo, right. with what is normal. And if you step out of line with what is normal, if you seek to bring restoration to the church, if you begin to challenge people's paradigm and their structure, right? right? We're talking about wineskin. If right. you begin to challenge them and their Thinking, You know, one of the things I teach is that we cry out for the power for the presence of God, but we need a restoration unto the pattern. And that I believe oh. that we see so little presence and power like we want to. We see some, but man, I want to see God move in undeniable, immeasurable, just power, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I want to see the the dunamis of God, demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. I want to see miracles and signs and wonders be poured out and there be mass salvations and healings and deliverance. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I think that we cry out for that, but the pattern is missing. So my burden as a builder in the body of the Lord is really that we need a restoration unto the pattern. So Mm -hmm. So that challenges the system that challenges the, This is the way we've always done. It Mm -hmm. is a moniker of the spirit of religion. It cries Mm -hmm. out this is the way we've always done it. And then if you can break through that, the next thing it's going to say is it doesn't take all that. Right, you guys need to to calm down. I mean, you know, it reminds me of um, people in our church. You know, they they were um, driving drunk and having sex and living immoral lives, and their grandfather was a pastor. Never said anything to them when they wow. were doing that. But when they got born again and got filled with the Holy Ghost and started really getting set on fire for God, all of a sudden their grandfather wanted to talk to them and wanted to tell them why what they were doing was wrong and. All of a sudden, like, I don't understand when I was headed for hell, you had nothing to say. But now that I want to talk about Jesus and live for him, you have a problem with me and there's tension in our family. And it's like, hey, that's religion. He is stirred up. And it's again, it's not the person. It's not the people. It's what is operating through them. Right. Paul had to say we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And he makes that clarifier because it looks like flesh and blood. It looks like people but really it's what's operating through people so when you begin to challenge the paradigm when you begin to challenge the structure when you begin to talk about a, a, a new wine skin and uh changing and, and and even just even saying like why do we do things the way we do them Right. Like where where do we get that idea from? Why why are we expressing faith in this way? Can you give me chapter and verse? Because really, what God is doing, Benjamin, what I believe is He's really in the restoration. I believe He's raising up a new testament works, new oh new God. testament ministries. That's yes. word and spirit those Amen. two things together that, that those are like train tracks and, mm. and, or they're like a uh, banks that God is working through. And, and really uh, what we've learned is it's almost like we're nobody's cup of tea, except mm. for the right people <laughs> where we, we love the word of God so much that, that people that are kooky and weird and just want to have a warm, fuzzy feeling, but they want to continue in sin. Mm. Oh, that doesn't work. Right. And then we love the whole Holy Ghost so much and desire to release him and allow him to to do his work in our midst and our meetings and our lives, that people that are, they're just full of the word, but they're so dry. They have no grid for the expression of the Holy Ghost. It's like, you really feel that tension, but it's like, listen, the author of the scriptures and the one who gave the gifts to the body are one and the same. He's not in conflict or contradiction with himself. And we need a restoration of both. So we, we need a Bible revival. You're talking about revival. I started a podcast called Bible revival with my wife, Taylor. We need a Bible revival and we need a total outpouring of the spirit. Those two things together
0: are going to guide us into what the Lord is doing in his body in this hour. So good. So good. Pastor Paul, I actually had a vision one time of, a guy, he looked totally built up on one side, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, that dates me as an eighties kid, but Arnold (laughs) Schwarzenegger, maybe there's somebody more current, but you know, on one side, just totally built up, jacked, you know, big, strong. And on the other side, totally emaciated, looked like somebody that was starving. And I said, God, what are you showing me? He said, this is the word without the spirit or the spirit without the word. We need both. And God is raising up a new breed. I really think what you're talking about is a new breed that is being raised up, that loves, like you said, loves the glory, loves the Holy Spirit, loves the gifts of the Spirit, but wants to be grounded and founded, rooted in the Word and love the Word as much as the experiential or the encounter of the Spirit. What what do you see, Pastor Paul, that God is raising up? Even with those that God has gathered to you, what do you see of this new breed that is rising up? radical in the spirit but grounded in the word hungry for the lord in encounter and visitation in even everything we read about the bible tongues trances encounters angelic visitations all of it that we read in the bible we're hungry for it but just as hungry for the word i think it's a new breed it's a new breed of those that are raising up how what do you what do you feel about that what insight has god given to you about that
1: Yeah, a couple of things while I'm thinking about it. Have you ever heard the old phrase? I think it might be beneficial for some of our listeners. Mm -hmm. I said, if you have the word without the spirit, you'll dry up. If you have Mm -hmm. the spirit without the word, you'll blow up. (laughs) I haven't heard the word and the spirit together. You'll grow up. That's
0: good. Amen
1: so so our um you know our our short kind of tagline our vision for our, our ministry our father's house is it's really it's not the invention of something new it's the restoration of something old so good. And so I I believe that there's a return to hey let's do it God's way and so I I think the new breed of people that are that are arising that are are tired I I think that um so much of the seeker friendly emphasis people are realizing that that it's not ultimately bearing fruit, that that yeah. was a mistake, that that was an overcorrection or an exaggeration, if you will. churches for God and you want to go to a church that's full of power, full of presence, full of prophecy to lay unbelievers open before the Lord. Like, you know, wouldn't you want to go somewhere where you could actually bring someone who was addicted and broken to hear good news, yeah. to hear people testify and not just listen to a pastor preach? I mean, what if someone from the congregation is carrying the word of the Lord and they step forward and they're going to release a prophecy that's going to change someone's life. I mean, that doesn't fit in our box of here's our 55 or 65, 75 minutes, Lord, do with it what you want. And so we like to challenge people that really, um, the, the box that God loves and wants to break so much is our comfort zone. That's the thing that the comforter is just beyond. If we would get uncomfortable, if we would really be stretched and learn to grow, um, God would meet us there. So I, I think what we're seeing is really the restoration of what God has always desired. I mean, these are really exciting times because even as darkness increases all around us, if you understand that that's all just a backdrop for the light and the glory of God to come rushing through and to bring his presence is like, man. Honestly, I, this really irks people, and and maybe you you agree or you don't, but I, I've said a lot before. People don't like this. Was like. As darkness increases, I start to get more and more excited. Come on. <laughs> not that I'm rooting for the doom of our nation right. or for you know, I want to see America turn back to God. I want to see the church restored, but there's a part of me that's like, hey, God knows what he's doing and at the end of the day, we're going to be here not backing down, not threatened by darkness. We're the pillar of the truth. There is moral absolutism. It's not all relative truth. We're we're going to be here preaching the good news of Jesus, inviting people into a relationship with God, the father who loves them and knows them and made them and wants to bring them in close and pour out his love and meet their needs and heal them of their shame and drive out their fear. If they'll humble themselves before him is like, man, this is the good news that we need to be preaching and not ashamed of the full gospel, not ashamed of it in totality and inviting people into that kind of life giving relationship. So I'm going to declare to you, that miserable Christianity is over, that people misrepresenting the joy and the love of God. And uh, listen, if that's what it means to be a Christian moping around and walking with my tail between my legs, you can have it. But Jesus came to demonstrate a better way to give us the spirit who is giving life to our mortal bodies. Even though our outer man is decaying, our inner man's being renewed day after day, we have a hope and that hope is not in this life. It's in Christ and that something that no circumstance, no sickness, no devil in hell can take away from us because it's real, because we have seen him and we
0: know him and we're not going to be intimidated. We're not going to back down. Amen. Man, you stir me up, Pastor Paul. (laughs) We could probably go on and on for hours. This is amazing. We might even need to do part two of this because this is so rich and so good. Thank you so much. Now, I want to move into a part where you were sharing with me that the Lord had established you guys you had grown uh, to almost 300 people and then the Lord spoke something to you the Lord called you to challenge again the status quo even in the midst of the blessing of the Lord and what he was pouring out and the growth that he was pouring out share share with uh, the the friends that are listening with us today share with them what the Lord spoke to you and why you did what you did in this next in this uh, last season
1: yeah, so this was called this is what we called the reset. So wow. in the month of October of twenty twenty two, I told you we had swelled. We actually don't take attendance. So some of mm-hmm. these are just estimates because we've mm-hmm. never wanted to put success on money or numbers. Mm-hmm. We've always wanted to measure it by presence and mm-hmm. transformation. But it's like we were swelling, we were growing, we had a lot of um, you know, people coming in. A lot of it was that transfer growth. People mm-hmm. heard what was going on and and, mm-hmm. and they would come. And I began to feel Feel like we're losing our edge. We're mm-hmm. losing the, you know, the point on the end of the spear is becoming dull. And I began to be really troubled in my spirit, you know, mm-hmm. on the outside, we had it all together. We, you know, this is, this is a successful church by every metric, but it was like, man, I, I feel like we're, we're losing that, what I would call that apostolic mission or that, that prophetic edge that, you know, word of the Lord, like God, where, what it, what is this? And, and what do you want us to do? How do we get back to this? And I was like, man, I was preaching and, and we were seeing some uh, response, but not like before. And the Lord spoke to our hearts and we really prayed and took this before the Lord, like God, this has to be you. Cause this is way outside the box. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never heard of anybody doing this, but we'll do it if it's you. And he really convinced us to take three weeks off. So here's what we did, Benjamin. We did not meet for three weeks. We didn't suspend people meeting. We didn't say you can't meet. We just said, listen. We're not going to gather here on Sunday mornings in October. We want you to read the word, pray fast. This is about receiving a new wineskin because we believe that God wants to reset this place and we need a new wineskin for where he's taking us. And we just challenge people to really pray and ask the Lord, is this where you want me? Because yeah. we want everybody that's here to have buy-in, to yeah. be a, a Koinonia Fellowship shareholder mm. in what God is doing here, not just an attender. We want to push beyond all of those thoughts and really go into assembling together for a purpose, being mm. knit together in love, building as family, being of one heart and one mind. And, and honestly, just feeling the, the conviction that you know we've cried out for Acts 2 power without Acts 1 prayer. Wow. And that God's calling us to the place of prayer mm-hmm. and to really restore prayer as a priority mm-hmm. in in the church you know you you would know this as a leader but it's like man it's the hardest thing to call people to a corporate prayer meeting. Mm-hmm. Like people show up for teaching cuz it's something to consume and we love more information as western thinkers but mm-hmm. God's calling us to the place of prayer to the place of intimacy to the place of vulnerability and so we did that in October And it sent a shockwave through the church. I mean, I remember announcing it and sharing it and saying, hey, we're partnering with what God is speaking. This is our effort to follow the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. And even if you feel like we're missing it or whatever, we're just going to trust God. We're going to put the finances. We're going to put it all in the hands of the Lord. We didn't email people and say, don't forget to give. We didn't do any kind of gimmicks or game or any of that. We just said, Lord, we trust you. We believe that you're in this and the amount of Holy ghost activity that touched our body in that three to four, really four week period, because we took three Sundays off was incredible. Wow. the 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 total shift I mean we had um men that were totally asleep that woke up that repented to their wives that said wow. I, I haven't been the husband or the father to our children that I know God needs me to be wants me to be and I repent to you and I just like stuff I I honestly in the back of my mind I thought man the 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 weaker uh, struggling stammering people are gonna hit the door and instead it was like the Lord went and wrapped rallied around them and pulled them in and began to speak and began to revitalize and began to breathe fire upon dead prayer lives and dead marriages and all this crazy stuff. And we're just like, hallelujah. It was to the point where when we um, got back together in October, I think it was the last Sunday in October, um, when we got all back together, we just worshipped and shared testimonies, and people just boasted in the Lord and said, "Here's, right. you know, here's the dream I had. Here's the prayer that was answered. Here's the the miracle that I saw in my finances." Right. Or well, it it was wild, um, um, just what God was doing. And so, um, we we really felt that new wineskin word was huge. And you know, you read from Mark two. I, I love it also in Luke's gospel in chapter five. There at the end of Luke five and verse. 39, this verse is peculiar to Luke only. So mm-hmm. he's the only account that has this of the synoptic gospels. And he writes, and no one after drinking old wine wishes for new, for he says the old is good enough. Wow! And Jesus making that statement that the old is good enough, like made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. And I'm like, that's it. That's mm-hmm. the spirit of religion that says what we have is working. Don't mm-hmm. change it. Why mm-hmm. are you doing this? like, listen, this is going to rise up in us and we have to slay it because God is doing something new and mm-hmm. we don't want to get left behind. So I think really trying to help people understand and, and develop that mentality that um, you're not a pew sitter or a, a seat warmer, that, that mm-hmm. you're called to be a shareholder, to participate, to get really to throw down in the spirit and, and be all in serving, loving, giving everything as unto the Lord. And, and that brought a synergy to our church that really, um, we're healthier now just three wow. months later than we've ever been wow. in every way that you would want to measure it in truth for a hunger for God and love for one another and desire for God's presence and prayer and fasting. And, um, you know, it, it lit a new fire in our leadership team. And, um, you know, there was reconciliation and just all kinds of stuff that the Lord launched through the reset where we, we had to we had to rid ourselves of the old wine. We had to remember the call to discipleship, the call to evangelism. We had to be stirred up by way of reminder that this is what God is saying to us as a body. We need to make sure that we're in partnership and in agreement with Him to fulfill the purposes for which He birthed this place because this belongs to the Lord. This is His church. We don't own it. It's by Him, for Him, through Him, and unto Him. And we want Jesus Christ to get all the glory and all the honor. So that means we're going to have to do it His way and lay down our own wisdom and our own plans and yield to the Lord. So we did that as best we knew how in October of last year. And I'm so glad we did the fruit. We're still enjoying it. It's still uh, being ripened all the time. And it's just
0: been a blessing. amazing wow praise god it's it's amazing to hear the courage the stamina the perseverance And then the willingness to be on the edge. You know, uh, some people actually don't like to be on the edge, but in God, in in revival, in normal Christianity, we're called to live on the edge. We're called to live on that tip of the spear. And so I'm so encouraged. I'm so inspired by everything that you've shared, Pastor Paul. As we close here, I would love for people to be able to get connected to you. I know you could probably care less. I would love people to get connected (laughs) to you because I know me. (laughs) I know I do. (laughs) I I want them to hear your words. I want them to hear your sermons. I want them to be discipled and encouraged and equipped and empowered by you. So how can people get connected to you and how can people sow into, because I believe this is good soil at our father's house and what God is doing there. How can people get connected and how can people sow into all that the Lord is doing in and through you? Yeah.
1: So you could visit PaulTjohnson.org. I uh, have uh, two podcasts. Um, Bible Revival is on Apple, Spotify. That's with my wife, Taylor. And then I have a Mark for Eternity podcast with my brother, Jeremiah. Uh, both of those are active and weekly episodes. We're having a lot of fun there. And then ourfathershouse.com is, um, you can go there and uh, you can sew in that way as well. The church is located in Avon, which is just on the west side of Indianapolis, Indiana. we'd love for anyone to come join us that might be in the area that's wanting a taste of god's presence that's hungry for his word that loves both word and spirit
0: we'd be thrilled if you joined us and you threw down for jesus with us amen amen that's awesome pastor paul thank you so much and friends that are watching it is a new day it is a new era god is pouring out new wine into new wine skins take heart Take courage, get out of the box and find Jesus in the great unknown. You'll find his heart there. You'll find adventure there and you will find life there. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Igniting Hearts with myself and Pastor Paul Johnson. God bless you and we'll see you next time. Thank
1: you, Benjamin. God bless you all.